Welcome to this edition of Advice Worth Keeping, KPMG's podcast series where we interview firm executives and thought leaders, as well as third-party industry luminaries and experts on important trends, topics, and leading practices. My name is Stan Lapique, and I lead global research for KPMG's Management Consulting Services Group. And I'm pleased to have with us here today Ted Hamer. Ted is part of the U.S. firm. He's a managing director focused on infrastructure strategy, and in particular, the current and future state of mobility. So, Ted, thanks for joining us here today on Advice Worth Keeping. Thanks for having me on. Ted and his team recently produced a very interesting white paper entitled Accelerating Mobility. So we're going to speak to some of the points in that paper, but speak broadly to trends in mobility. And in particular, by mobility, what we mean is the state of public transportation and how public sector entities really need to look at the future of public transportation and optimize it in light of technology changes in the market. Ted, maybe to start out with, what drove you and your team to write the white paper? And I guess more broadly, what's the state of public transportation today in the the United States? Good questions. As we think about mobility and the changes that are taking place right now, it's common refrain that we'll see more advancements and more changes in terms of how people and goods move around in the next 10 years than really what we've seen in the prior 100 years. I don't think that's hyperbole. There are a lot of emerging technologies, some that have already had significant impacts, whether that is transportation network companies, whether that's Uber or Lyft via others, there's bike share, scooters. I think anybody in a city these days has been exposed to or used all of these emerging modes to get around other than a car or transit. Meanwhile, what we have seen is a pretty significant decrease, particularly in bus ridership as it relates to transit we got to thinking about, well, what are those factors that are really pushing these dynamics? It's easy to pick on the TNCs, say, well, they're to blame, but we didn't quite buy that. We thought there were other really critical factors around this whole ecosystem work impacting transit and also congestion within city cores. We wanted to explore that, and ultimately what we found is that there's, there's no single issue It really is kind of a gumbo of a lot of items coming together, and they're all impacting. For example, in California, over the course of the past few years, we've seen car ownership increase pretty significantly as it relates to the fact that a lot of people who previously were not able to purchase or lease cars can now do that, given some changes in California law. That has an impact. Low fuel prices have an impact. All these emerging forms of mobility have an impact. And we really think that transit's important and the ability to move people is important. And at the end of the day, wanted to be helpful. That was the purpose of the white paper. Okay, great. Well, I certainly can understand, as sure I'm sure our listeners can, the issue of congestion. Anyone who's been in a large urban area has experienced that. And I actually... Live and it's only, it's only getting worse, by the way. Right. It will not get better. Yeah, I live in a town of 25,000, and our congestion has gotten quite bad over the past 10 years. But in terms of the decline in ridership, what are the key factors there? You mentioned there's alternative transportation. So we have Uber, Lyft, ride shares, we have scooters, we have bikes. Is that the real driver in the decline, or are those just some pieces of the overall puzzle? Definitely pieces of the overall puzzle. If you consider for a moment some of the other key factors. For example, the quality of vehicles today is at an all-time high. 
you look at JD Power rankings, consumer report rankings. So the quality of actually the used car market and the length at which vehicle can stay on the road and be usable is also a factor. So we can't lose sight of some of these other things here either. As we think about mobility and the way people move around a metropolitan area and urban core, we are seeing dynamic changes in terms of the use of shared rides and bike share and car share and that velocity of change is only going to increase. It's not going to walk itself back because not only do we have Uber and Lyft today, but the auto manufacturers and many others who are interested in this transportation market will be bringing similar, new, innovative things that we haven't even quite considered in terms of how people will get around. That will not stop. And so maybe to look at this from a slightly different angle, I would assume there's an economic and maybe even a social and economic impact of things such as congestion or the state of the public transportation infrastructure in the U.S. and that it is not good because obviously a lot of people rely very heavily on public sector transportation to get to their jobs, to their shopping. So what are some of the booty or economic issues that we're talking about with this topic? Glad you asked because this is really important for anybody who thinks about the key drivers to economic growth and personal economic improvement from lower class to middle class and beyond. Transportation, reliable transportation is often cited as the number one factor. Public transit plays a critical role in that. In fact, for many, it is the only mode that is available to them. And that's not limited just to folks who maybe on the lower ends of the socioeconomic ladder, but it's also true for paratransit and many others. So this role that public transit plays is really critical. Therefore, being able to adapt to the wants and needs of that consumer base, you really have to view it as consumer in the market now these days, which I don't know that transit agencies had up until a couple of years ago considered, but they are consumers and they do have options now. And one of the key aspects of the white paper that we dove into in three markets, Houston, San Diego, and Denver, was the scenario analysis of how long it takes a person to get from a neighborhood in one of those three cities to a major employer. And we picked hospitals because of the broad array of jobs that do exist in a hospital, everything from administrators and doctors down to cleaning staff, nurses, and groundskeepers. There is this really microcosm ecosystem that exists within a hospital And what we found in running simulations was that, on average, it might take anywhere from 45 minutes to an hour one way for a person to get from a neighborhood to a employment center on public transit. And while it was the lowest cost option, it also took the most amount of time. If you think about a round trip, then at the end of the day, you're spending anywhere from 90 minutes to two hours, maybe even more, trying to make it to the job and back. And for a lot of folks, that's just not very easy especially if you consider kids and school drop-off and daycare and activities and the need to go to the grocery store and all the trips that one may make in the course of a day or a week. And then we looked at what does it take to drive yourself? And obviously, it's quicker. It's also the most expensive and maybe not the most palatable. But in the middle is this idea of on-demand microtransit and the fact that somewhat more economically and a heck of a lot faster, a person can get from point A to point B. And then if you consider for a moment 
the fact that public transit is subsidized. Their fare box recovery doesn't pay for the full cost of a trip. Do you reach some sort of pricing parity and also provide a better service at the end of the day to your consumer, regardless of who they are? So it's really critically important that cities, transit agencies, planners, even employers, and this is a really important point, employers think about how their most important asset, which are people, get from point A to point B. Maybe to wrap up, Ted, what should public sector entities do to address this? You mentioned the microtransit, which sounds very interesting. What are some of the other things they need to do, though, to start to address this problem? Obviously, it's not a quick or easy fix, particularly if you talk about the need to address infrastructure issues. But what would be the two or three or four things you'd recommend public sector entities do relative to public transport? It starts with this idea of putting the consumer first and saying, how best do we serve them? Notwithstanding that transit agencies are public entities and have to take care of public tax dollars, I, I think we have long held that as the most important thing, and that won't change. But if there are three or four areas that should really be focused on, one is the use of data and analytics. There is just a wealth of data that now exists. Oftentimes, these transit agencies, cities, and DOTs are the ones who are collecting it. But analyzing that and looking at how people move around in the course of the day, because people do not make just a trip to work and just a trip home. There are movements within the day that can take place. And today with anonymized cellular data, and there's just a wealth of information around something like dwell times, which is how long a person stays in one place at any one time. That is all accessible, and understanding how that application can be made is really important. So that's one. Two is the use of on-demand service, which is rapidly making its way into transit agencies, I think, in terms of all the clients and people that we talk to in the market that are interested in this, and meaningfully doing it with either software providers that can make the software as a service available or transit as a service providers, some sort of public-private partnership is really important. The third area, we do think transit agencies are going to have to shift mindset from being a fixed route system to a mobility aggregator and working with all these different modes to ensure that people can get from point A to point B. And the agencies play a critical role to ensure that those who are their consumer base, who are often unbanked or don't have access to liquid forms of payment, have that access. And there's a, there are ways to do that in the market that we're seeing that are really elegant and important and convenient to those consumers. So those are three areas that I think just right off the bat can be tackled. Ted, thank you very much. This is obviously a, a very important topic in general, but an extremely important topic for the certain class of the population that you were just addressing from socioeconomic and economic issues. Ted, thank you very much for your time today. I encourage all of our listeners to look at Ted's paper, Accelerating Mobility. There will be a link to it off to the landing page for this podcast. Ted, thanks again for joining us here today on Advice Worth Keeping. You bet. My pleasure. Thank you. And you can find the links to the items you referenced in the show today below the podcast. If you're online, of course, the URL for that is kpmg.com slash US slash podcast. That's a wrap. Thanks for your participation. 